Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Hello, and welcome to Connect with County Leaders. On this edition of the podcast, we're joined again by Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill for our continuing discussion of the coronavirus and its effects and impact on Fairfax County government operations. Mr. Hill, welcome back to the podcast, sir. Jim, how are you? Welcome back to yourself, Jim. Yeah, welcome back to yeah, our, our podcast, Jim. That, that's right. Welcome back. We're, we're here again, and we're talking coronavirus. I think we'll probably be talking about it for a while. You you jokingly say COVID-19 2021. Hopefully not that long, but uh, we are uh, still have more things to talk about. Well, Jim, I think I'm actually going to change it to COVID-60. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> well, if you think about it, Jim, you know, I'm a math guy. I like numbers. So 19, 20, and 21 equals 60. So let's just make it COVID-60. Oh, wow. Okay. You're quick. I, I, I did not catch that. My math <laughs> skills are, are not as good as yours. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Let's talk uh, phase three. The last time we talked was the June 17th podcast, and Fairfax County uh, was in phase two of uh, Virginia Forward Plan. We were you know talking about anticipating this phase three, uh, which started July 1st. So, Talk to me a little bit about phase three. What what does that mean overall big picture for Fairfax County? Well, big picture, it doesn't mean that there's things that are changing because we have not closed our county operations. We've had uh, the ability to be a little bit nibbler, a little bit sprier, and we've done things differently differently. Uh, from a distance, you know, uh, Michael Beckett's mm -hmm. in uh, Department of Family Services, a great new hire that we have here in the county, uh, came up with the phrase, assistance from a distance, which has been somewhat catchy. Uh, so we've been doing things routinely, uh, but yet a little bit abnormally. Uh, we've been doing our LDS permitting from afar, FaceTime, Zoom meetings, you name it, we've been trying to get different. And that's something that we've always wanted to do. As I stated to you on many occasions, you know, the ability to change right. is on us. And when you have to change, that is when it becomes difficult because you don't know how you would like it to change because you're moving in that, that fast muscle twitch, uh, rapid motion, and you're not really right. able to plan out how you want your change. Um, COVID-19 has provided us an opportunity, one, to get better, two, to change and do things a little differently, and three, in my view, is bringing us together as a team, even at a quicker pace, because we've had to work and work together a lot better. So mm -hmm. what, what has changed for us? You know, uh, we, we had to do things, i.e., assistance from a distance. Uh, today, uh, as we move into phase three with the rest of uh, the Commonwealth, and you know, we we're, we're now having appointments for our tax counters and building permits and zoning permits and then health clinics. Uh, we have people; uh, the general public is coming to us, but we still ask them to assist from a distance. Call mm -hmm. first. We might be able to we might be able to help you from afar as opposed to coming into our into our buildings. Um, at this juncture, right. though, I, I will say the public has been awesome. They have not. The majority of them have not come in like before. They are calling, and they are adhering to our ability to do it from a distance. Mm -hmm. 
Now, this phase three, if, if I understand correctly, the, the county uh, is kind of doing a phased approach to, to reopening buildings to the public. I know you said, and I want to reemphasize again, the county government operations have not closed, but some of the, the, the buildings were not open to the public. So fa- phased reopen, reopening of buildings? Yeah, and as we go forward into the summer months and into uh, the fall, you know, we're going to basically have a plan. Like, again, uh, there's the employee guide to, to our reopening. Um, I have steadfastly stated that just because we're in phase three does not mean we need to just open it up and all and back to normal because we're not at a normal stage. We still have cases. We still have somewhat of a rise of cases throughout Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, Dr. Gloria and public health has worked diligently to uh, help us understand the nuances of COVID-19. So we are working as a team collectively to mitigate that interaction where we could potentially have people in our building that could infect others. However, we are giving all the opportunity to get what they need done from afar. If they have to come in, we're going to ask them to have appointments, and we're going to move it forward in that fashion. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier um, doing business in a different way, and, and you used the word opportunity to, you know, make make different choices of the way we provide services and those type things. Is, is that the is that the silver lining in this coronavirus cloud? Is that um, it has hate, uh, kind of sped up Fairfax County's move to a lot of assistance from a distance, remote capabilities, that type of thing, whereas Perhaps the county would not have been looking to go that direction had it not had to. Well, I think we were we were always looking to go through uh, into different directions because we just can't be stagnant and expect the same result. You know, you sort of like if 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 you want a different result but you do it the same way, how are you going to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, COVID silver lining? No, no, thank you. I just want to hurry up and get through with twenty twenty, <laughs> and get into twenty one, and hopefully nothing else happens. Because it seems like every year we have something that is problematic for our county government. But I will say this, problematic, no problem. Our guys, our team, this this amazing group of, of young men and women that work for Fairfax County has taken it to the next level. And people are still trying to catch us. No matter what, I always get a call to ask me, how are you doing it in Fairfax County? Even going through this pandemic. I am in a we are we are in a great place. We have great financial management. We have a great board of supervisors giving us direction. Um, our team is have worked well together. It's a little different virtually, but we have done it, and we're going to continue to do it well. And I love the pace that we're taking. We're going to start the implementation of the strategic plan again. Uh, we're going to ramp that up. We're going to look at the one Fairfax tenants and policies. Going to wrap that up. We are doing the things that we need to do to continue to make us the premier community. Mm-hmm. Before we go on further with some other questions, topics related, I want to make sure I uh, throw out a, a website link. Uh, I know internally uh, the county has an agency status matrix where I believe every agency is you know, having information about reopening to the public and those type things. Externally, uh, residents, businesses, et cetera, can find uh, county status of program services and everything at fairfaxcounty.gov slash status. 
fairfaxcounty.gov slash status. And of course, the uh, main COVID-19 web portal is fairfaxcounty.gov slash COVID-19. Other than the obvious, you know, right in your face, things we talk about all the time here on the podcast, things that you see in the news, things that folks, residents know about the county government and how it's dealing with COVID-19, impacts to Fairfax County government other than the obvious. In anything you can address along that line? Other than the obvious, um, you know, I'm not sure what's not obvious, um, but I will say this. I have three um, three major themes that I look at on a day-to-day. Uh, they are the schools, they are the business community, and they're the residents of Fairfax County. Interwoven with that is the, the, the great men and women that run this operation with us, uh, the staff. And we, we are the, the linchpin of how our economic, um, the economics of our county continue to, to grow and strive. I mean, I, 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 there is no obvious, but there's things that still need to be done. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, Victor Hoskins, uh, the executive vice president of the Economic Development Authority, and I have been meeting with the Fortune 500 companies in our Fairfax County. They're growing. The majority of them are growing. And the majority of them are very thankful on how we've changed how we do business to allow them to get things done during this time. So when everything hits, the ramp starts ramping back up, they're ready to go. The Department of Economic Initiatives and the RISE grants have had a significant impact. That's not obvious to many of our residents, but you know when you have 93% of your companies in Fairfax County that have 10 or less employees, it is a big deal that we have been spry enough to ramp it up in terms of allowing folks to continue working. Um, I'm looking forward to our end-of-year closing to see what the impact of COVID was on our budget. But I'm very proud to say that we have not furloughed. We have folks still working full-time. We are still looking like we are going to be able to move, uh, financially move through this pandemic, as well as being able to move forward strict structurally. And that is, that is the key. The structure of our organization continues to move forward. Mm-hmm. I guess that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you was financial impact, revenue coming in, expenses going out, uh, anything you can address along the, 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 the budget side of things. And I know you mentioned the, the end of year closeout, that type of thing. County is not on a calendar year budget, but the, the fiscal year. So uh, revenue, budget, expenditures, anything there you want to talk about? Well, from the revenue perspective, we had to make some hard decisions probably in the first part of March. We had a hiring freeze at this juncture. Every hire position goes through my office, and I have to look at it with Joe Monduro and Kathy Spage, and we have to get a justification. So there are times where people ask for new employees, and I'm like, you can't do that because it doesn't justify. There's no justification for us to go forward with it at this juncture. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've modulated our expenditures to ensure that we can move into July one, which is fiscal 2021, 
on a, in a good position. And I think we've done a good job. And I think when you when you see the numbers, I don't think I know when you see the numbers, you'll say, wow, the, the, the county has done a really good job in making sure that we have moved forward into 21 in a strong financial position. You know, the one thing you don't want to do is allow the financial institutions to put you on a negative watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I love the fact that we're a triple, triple A community. I love the fact that we're well run and well managed. But there's things that you have to do to ensure that you continue to be well run and well managed. And our board of supervisors and our senior management team and our and each and every staff member on board with Fairfax County has done an excellent job in continuing that premise of us being well-managed so we can move forward. Mm. And again, I get so many calls from outside. How are you guys still doing this? That Microsoft deal, Victor Hoskins and Microsoft, that deal was huge for Fairfax County. Huge. And today I have a call with Microsoft, and I've had weekly calls with Microsoft since that deal has been announced. Uh, The board, the supervisors has provided Victor, myself, and everybody else the ability to go after these larger companies and move them in here. We are going to be in a very strong position. I'm working with Fannie Mae. They're looking to grow and expand within Tyson's. We're going to be looking in stronger positions. So things are going pretty well for us, even despite this uh, global uh, situation that's going on here. Uh, we can get airfares and, and, and allow our people to to be out and about in some fashion soon. It's going to be good, but it is still safer at home. And we have to understand you got to continuously wash your hands. You have to uh, stay home if you don't need to be out and you don't need to be at large gatherings. I mean, we still need to deal with this, and we're going to have to deal with it, in my view, for another two years. Wow. I, I want to get to that in a second, but first I want to go back. You, I think, mentioned a couple of times already on this podcast that other leaders are calling you to find out Fairfax County is uh, is doing it. How are we getting through this? How are we uh, thriving through this? Um, how? Uh, what are you telling them? I basically tell them we have positioned ourselves from many, many years of good financial management, very many, many years of great leadership from the Board of Supervisors. Uh, our infrastructure is not broken. It's not cracked. We continue to build upon it because we've laid the foundation appropriately. And now that other areas are having such a trouble with this pandemic, it's a testament to what has been happening here in the past and what's going to be happening here into the future. Mm-hmm. That being said... Get your plan together. This is why we're doing a strategic plan. We want to make sure we understand the priorities of the board, and we're going to go forward and get those priorities done. Uh, The Richmond Highway Corridor is still on target to be built. Once we do that, uh, the Embark, once we do that, there's going to be more strategic opportunities for us in Mount Vernon area. So those are the things, putting things in place so we can move forward into the future. Mm -hmm. We, we touched on it earlier, Fairfax County, uh, the rest of Virginia, phase three of the Forward Virginia Plan, I believe it's what it's called, uh, started uh, July 1st of the, the phase three. And we, we touched on it earlier, Fairfax County government buildings, services, those uh, buildings uh, actually uh, reopening in a phased approach uh, while the services and programs have obviously, uh, you know, continued to be provided. I wanted to kind of go back to that. How How is this 
phased approach of, of buildings um, being managed? Is it up to the agencies themselves? Is there uh, collaboration from, from you and senior leadership? Talk, talk a little bit about this phased reopening approach. Well, of course, there's got to be some collaboration among us all. Um, we look at the places like CSB that have to have in-person uh, consultations. That's not stopped. That has continued from day one. From day one on, that's going to always continue. But the rest of the operation, do we need to have people coming in? If we can figure out ways to do it from a distance, that is where we are. So senior management, uh, deputy county executives, we are all working together to showcase how we can work collaboratively together to ensure that our residents get what they need. Um, Chris Leonard has stood up and Kirk and Cannon has stood up summer camps not as robust as, as normal, but we understand there is a need. So if we un identify the need, we will then put a thing in, a plan in place to associate that need to allow it to be done safely. Public health is always integral in what we are doing. But Fairfax summer camps, camps with the park authority, trying to give our residents the ability to go back to work. At some juncture, schools are going to open, and we hope that the residents have the ability to go back to work. We can't keep everything virtual, but we can do the best we can to make it as easy as we can for the folks that want to continue to do the virtual. That was actually my next question I was going to ask you about was the summer camps and other summer programming. One interesting thing I kind of learned during all of this that, that maybe other folks are, are not aware of, you, you know, you would think, well, no, no, no problem. We can go ahead and open up the summer camps now that, you know, we're in phase three and all this, but there's a lot of training of staff that has to happen. And a lot of those things would have had to have already happened for summer camps to be going on. So it, this ripple effect that, that we're seeing is almost unending. It seems like every time you, you turn around, there's something else that's, that's being affected by coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you when you look at summer camps, we we put a communication out in mid-May saying we weren't going to do summer camps because at that time, I think we were still in phase one. There was no way we were going to be able to do a summer camp uh, a month later because schools would have been out uh, the first week of June. Um, that being said, Chris Leonard, Tisha Deegan, all the deputies, Kirk and Cannon, his team, we thought that at some juncture, once we got into phase two, we would have to stand up a uh, summer camp program. So June, we started devising a plan to do a modified summer program, 1,400 kids, because the amount of work it takes to hire people and train people to do what we normally do, which could be as many as fifteen to 20,000 kids, we wouldn't have the time or the ability to do it, especially with the social distancing and the physical distancing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we were looking at the premise of six feet and face face coverings and 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 all the other um, hygiene that we need right. to ensure that everybody's safe. I mean, our goal is always first and foremost. I always said family first. Now I'm going to say family and safety first. Mm -hmm. You mentioned schools earlier. Um, schools uh, at this moment in time, I think, as we're recording this on July 8, I believe still uh, determining how they're going to, you know, restart the school session this coming fall, what that's going to look like. 
those decisions, you know, there's two different entities, Fairfax County Public Schools, but Fairfax County government. But one decision from the schools really impacts the government and vice versa. How are you coordinate? How is the government coordinating with the schools looking to uh, school reopening this coming fall? Well, I have to I have to give the uh, Fairfax County uh, public school employees that are working with our team a lot of credit. Um, Jeff Plattenberg, uh, Marty Smith, and many others have been working diligently with our team um, when it comes to the public health, when it comes to facilities, and when it comes to actually school, I mean, summer camps. Um, we're using 11 of their school sites. I mean, we could be a test bed to see how they could incorporate um, kids into their school system through our summer program. Um, they have been working very collaboratively, and I, I have to give them kudos. Uh, we've had some, um, I want to say, bumps in communication with uh, some leadership. However, um, you know, attention, paying attention to details is the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm happy to say that we are been working together for four months on uh, Return to Learn with many of their uh, our school counterparts. Uh, the, the Board of Supervisors has been apprised of where we are. Uh, the Fairfax County Public School Board now is apprised of what we've been doing and where we are. I sent a memo to them this past week. So it, it is about collaboration, and it, but it's also about understanding what's going on around. And the being, being in the leadership, you must have the ability to understand many, many varying aspects of how we are moving forward. It's a tough job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like it's an easy job because right. <laughs> it's a tough job knowing all the nuances and, and, the, and, 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 and the ability to put things together. Um, I had a conversation with uh, Chairman Jeff McKay, Chairman Corbett Sanders, uh, the superintendent, and we had to uh, put things out there to make sure that everybody understood that we are been we have been working together, and this is where we are. Um, you know, it, it the frustrating thing is when you have a large school district and you have 197,000 kids and you want specific rules and regulations whether it relates to COVID. And the easiest way I can say is if COVID happens in the school, it depends on what our reaction is going to be because we have 400 contact tracers who would go in. We One person or two people or maybe 10 will go into the school to contact trace. And I'll give you a quick example. Uh, Lake Braddock High School versus Fairfax High School. Uh, Lake Braddock teacher comes down with COVID. Lake Braddock teacher goes to the gas station, has a delivery from Amazon for food. That's all that person does. That means I can contact Trace to her or him and say, you haven't touched many. Lake Braddock, you're good. You go to Fairfax High School, and this is all anecdotal, guys. This right. is just me right. coming up with an example. Right. Don't think this is not happening now. Even though schools are closed, I'm sure people will think, oh, my gosh, it's happening right now? No, right. it's not. Right. Hypothetical here. It's a hypothetical. And then you go to, uh, say, Fairfax High School or any other school, and you have a substitute teacher who lives in Maryland who went to a protest rally in D.C., who also has a congregation, goes to church with a congregation of 1,500 now that we're open. That's a little different contact trace. Right. 
and that might close the school. So, again, the situation all depends, and that's how we've been working through this process is that it depends on the situation of what and how we react to COVID-19, mm-hmm. 20 and 21. Or COVID-60. 60. 60. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know you can't speak for the schools, uh, but is, is that a situation that that you understand that they're looking at closing or not reopening certain schools? And would that also relate to, to county government operations, that same hypothetical situation once all the buildings are mostly reopened or all the way opened, is that an option to, depending on circumstances, actually close a facility for a while? As I just stated, it all depends right. on the circumstance. It's not a it's not a fluid thing. It has to be worked at. And I got to tell you, there is no other jurisdiction in the Commonwealth of Virginia that comes close to the amount of contact tracers we have. We will have 400 on the ground come September. Wow. So when we have a situation, we will send them to wherever we need to send them to ID what is happening to give us a scenario of what's best. So I want everybody to get the myth out of their head that if you have one case, we're closing the school or we're closing government. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. We have to figure out who could be impacted And then we make a decision of how we put forward a plan to deal and mitigate. And that also takes time. It it does take time, but we're pretty quick. We're pretty quick. Once we have identified source, we're going. We're done. We're going to go into the into the field and do what we need to do. Okay. You mentioned earlier, you know, uh, kind of the four key areas that you're always thinking about: looking at schools, businesses, residents, and staff. course, been talking about schools. We've kind of touched on the county government operations from a kind of an external standpoint, but I want to I want to get to staff and also want to talk a little bit about residents, but I want to give you the opportunity to talk about businesses. You're constantly getting on the phone with business leaders, folks in the community. What are you hearing from business leaders now that we're in phase three? Well, you know, it all depends. Uh, you have the restaurateurs that are very happy, but then you have the theater folks that are still unhappy because they uh, have not been able to open. So it, it, it's a it's a catch can that, right. you know, I, I, I tend to go to the supermarket early in the morning with a uh, a dark mask on so nobody can see me. Um, you know, my, my good friend Mark O'Meara owns two theaters in the area and he can't open yet. So we've been talking about drive-in movies and things as such to, to, to help him. But guess what? The movie industry is not releasing movies, so they would be old movies. Mm. You can't get a buzz in a, you can't make money on doing it that way. So we're looking at uh, certain things. The restaurants are, you know, uh, Barbara uh, Byron and Rachel Flynn put that ordinance out there for outdoor seating capacity. They're they're doing fine. Uh, some are not six feet. <laughs> I've pointed out to a couple of restaurateurs that, you know, you're not six feet. You might want to reconsider how you're orienting things. Uh, but from the, the tech companies, the tech companies are thriving. Uh, as I said, Microsoft is doing the best they can in growing. Uh, Booz Allen, those folks have told me that everything is copacetic. So we're doing, we're doing some good things, but yet there are some businesses that are still hurting. And that is, uh, unfortunately, that is the problem when you have a pandemic. Right. Along that line of folks, some some doing what they're supposed to, some not doing what they're supposed to. 
with the case numbers rising in a lot of states outside of Virginia, what, from your vantage point, what do you think we need to do, all of us to do, to keep Fairfax County and Virginia uh, numbers from from uh, rising, to, to keep our numbers declining, in other words? Well, you know, I uh, I listen to Dr. Fauci and I listen to Dr. Gloria, and it's a, it's so interesting how the same questions, they, they both recite the same answer, and it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this one, it's not a depend. It's stay home if you don't need to go out. If you have large gatherings you don't need to be a part of, stay home. If you are in a large gathering, make sure you're six feet away and wear a mask. I mean, this is like common sense things that uh, some of us are not looking at. I, I look at all the, the parties and the beach week and things of that, and I'm watching everybody out there with no mask on, and all of a sudden, uh, I believe there was a case in Loudoun County where 100 kids went to a beach outside of the state. Now they're coming back to Loudoun, and they all have COVID. Uh, there are things that we can do uh, there as, a, as parents, as, my, as I, I'm a parent of three. Uh, my kids tend not to go out because they're worried about COVID. They had an uncle that passed away, sorry, a cousin that passed away from it. And we understand. I have an 83-year-old mother. I, I, we socially distance my mom, and it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. So if you really care about yourself and the people around you, you will do the right things to ensure that this does not spread. Safer at home is what the governor stated. Mm-hmm. You, you just need to understand. Uh, there, are, there, there, there are instances where you can't stay at home. You have to go to Walmart. You have to go to supermarket. Well, get in and get out. Right. Good advice. I know for a lot of residents in Fairfax County, uh, English is not their main language. There are lots of other languages spoken in Fairfax County. I know the county has done uh, a lot of, uh, you know, non, you know, outreach uh, efforts in, in, other, in other languages other than English. Uh, there's a language portal on the COVID-19 uh, website, a Spanish blog, a lot of audio being done on the county SoundCloud. Talk to me a little bit about the the importance of these type of outreach efforts? Well, it's so important that uh, we're going to hopefully stand up a uh, translation services group. Um, as, as we continue to look at the census and the demographics of our county, we have to do a lot better. You know, um, Spanish is a great language, but there's so many different dialects and variations. I've been talking to a friend um, who works for LULAC, uh, uh, Cindy Benavides, who's basically given me some insight of the different dialects of Spanish. Hmm. We need to understand that Spanish is just not Spanish. There are very different dialects, and we have many different cultures that speak Spanish that when you translate, it does say it is in Spanish, but it might not mean the same thing. The tenses and the tenor are different. So we're going to stand up an organization to, to move us forward. And I'm just giving Spanish as a language because there are, I believe, um, about 16% of our population, and I, I might be off on that number, but they're growing uh, community um, advocates in our in our county, and they're growing community in our county. And we have to be conscious of that. As the chairman of uh, Jeff McKay says, we have the one Fairfax uh, tenants with seven guiding principles. Uh, our principles are to ensure that everybody has access and equity to all. And you can't have access and equity if you can't translate the language back to the individuals that are adversely affected the most. Forty-five percent of our cases are COVID have been Hispanics. That's not a good number. 
And we need to be able to communicate to all, not only Hispanics and Caucasians and African Americans. We are we are Fairfax County. We need to be able to touch and feel all, so we can move our, so we can move Fairfax forward. Mm-hmm. And I want to put a plug in for a uh, radio show in Spanish that uh, the county has partnered with. WUST Radio. Uh, it's a Spanish uh, language radio show every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. with uh, interviews with uh, Fairfax County staff in Spanish. Uh, a lot of different topics, but of course, obviously, have been featuring uh, uh, epidemiologists from the health department uh, a lot recently uh, on that show. Again, that's uh, Tuesdays at uh, 9 a.m. live on WUST Radio, also up on the uh, county's SoundCloud account. So, Jim, you see, you see why people and counties call us about how we're doing things. I mean, we've talked about the Department of Economic Initiatives and how we stood that up, not knowing that we were going to have a pandemic and not knowing we're going to need to do loan programs. And guess what? Again, being in the forefront, we've done that. We look at the translation services, putting on a Spanish uh, radio uh, show for our community. We're doing that. We're looking at the Board of Supervisors consistently and continuously giving us support and guidance on how we move through this pandemic. And then we look at a Department of Management and Budget led by Christina Jackson, uh, CFO Joe Monduro, and we're looking at how we are going to balance out our budget this year and move into fiscal 2021 stronger and better. What more can what more can a county executive ask for? What more can the residents of Fairfax County ask for? What more can the public safety folks ask for? Or the, all the staff here, we are continuously moving forward and we're moving forward in ways that are so good for our community and I again appreciative of all mm-hmm. I know you have used the the phrase row in the same direction uh, on previous podcast as we kind of wind down our time together uh, you've, you've kind of touched on staff but I want to give you the opportunity to specifically address Fairfax County staff keep doing what you're doing Thank you. Telework if you can. The folks that are on duty, you know that we're thinking about you. I've been out and about as much as I can to see folks that are that are consistently going out and doing what we do every single day to make this a great county. My goal is to continuously working with each and every one of you to ensure that we can move us forward and better times are ahead. I, I am so happy with the fact that we have done this the right way. We have CARES Act funding that we're still uh, using to make sure that we have enough PPE uh, uh, throughout. Um, We've stood up nonprofits. We've stood up businesses. And we're moving forward into fiscal 21 with a balanced, hopefully a balanced budget with a little bit of a surplus so we can use that surplus to offset our first and second quarter losses in revenue because we will have revenue decline in the first and second quarter. The question is, how do we balance everything out? And if people can just be patient with us to get us through this pandemic, we will get through it together. I'm not making any promises about anything other than the fact that our goal is to get through it together. And we've done a very good job riding the ship. Hmm. All right. Well, sir, that sounds good. I think that's a a great note to end on. I want to thank you again for Uh, continuously providing us uh, access to your schedule and time to be with us on the Connect with County Leaders podcast. It's it's always a pleasure and a privilege to to chat with you. Jim, I'm just so happy that we have this opportunity. I remember when we started doing this and I said, you know, 
how long do you think we will do this? And you said, I don't know, Brian. We'll probably do it for a couple years. Well, I hope we can do it for a couple years, and I hope the information that we're providing is good information to our team, to our residents. But the one thing I want to say, if we do not work together, we will not get through this together. Mm-hmm. So let's all put all our differences aside and know that we are trying to work through this together. There is not one right way of doing it, but we need to collectively understand what we're doing so we can move forward. And that is why our board has been so good to the team to allow us to move us forward. And say for Fairfax County, our numbers are trending down while the states are trending up. Kudos to our public health director, Dr. Gloria. Kudos to Dr. Ben. Kudos to Dr. Satori. All of the staff in public health, thank you for continuously stating, be safe, be healthy, wash your hands, stay six feet away, wear a face mask. This is what we've been doing from day one. And if we continue to do that, our numbers will continuously go down. All right. Mr. Hill, thank you, sir. It's my absolute pleasure. You know that, right? Absolutely. Okay. That's going to do it for this edition of Connect with County Leaders with Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill. Again, thanks to him for being with us. Thanks to you for listening. And please be sure to join us again next time on Connect with County Leaders. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune in to Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. Weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.